these days, what a privilege it is to be able to come together, amen, to worship. Worship is a lifestyle. Absolutely, it is a lifestyle, but it also is an action and an activity. And I'm thankful to be able to come into the house of the Lord tonight and worship with God's people. What a great spirit is here. What a great presence of the Lord is in this place. Amen. I just love the house of God. I don't know about you, but I love the house of God. God has been good, good, good to me. I'm going to 2 Peter tonight. While you're finding that, give honor to Pastor tonight. Amen. Appreciate him, his kindness to me. Give honor to Brother Rory tonight. And uh, great leadership we have at this church. Aren't you thankful for leadership? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Appreciate the opportunity to speak to you tonight. And um, I didn't have a lesson to follow tonight, so I'm just going to give you what the Lord laid on my spirit. Got up early this morning, as is my custom, and began to pray and uh, have been pretty much all day. Uh, took a break for a little while to do some work around the yard, but uh, been sitting just following after the Lord on my little word processor. That's how I do it. I just build it as the Lord gives it to me and then come and try to tell you what the Lord said. So uh, let's see what the Lord will say to us in this place, and I think that um, we'll leave this place encouraged tonight. Amen? Isn't that what we're supposed to do? We come to the house of the Lord to gain encouragement, to gain strength, and I believe the Lord wants to do that for us tonight. Second Peter chapter 3, I'm going to begin reading verse number 3. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lust, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. And this final verse, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, Lord, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So it's verse of Scripture written, telling us some things, and uh, we are certainly, as Pastor said in just a few moments ago, we're certainly living in unprecedented times. We're living in a different day. We're living in things that maybe possibly haven't even entered into the imagination uh, of some of the things that we can see. But through following social media posts and looking at news, and I try not to do too much of that because it could be more discouraging than anything. I keep hearing words, these words, in times like these, in times like these. There was a song pen that said in times like these, we need a Savior. 
In times like these, we need an anchor. Be very sure, be very sure, your anchor holds and grips that solid rock. So for a few minutes tonight, if you'll help me, I'm just going to take those few words, preach to you for just a moment from my spirit tonight in times like these. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you for your word. I thank you for each and every one that's here that's come tonight to worship you. I pray, God, that you would anoint the lips of clay and deliver what you've laid on my spirit today. Help us, God, before we leave here to be encouraged by your word. We'll be careful to give you all the praise and all the glory. We ask it tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're still standing, you can be seated tonight. Our text tonight tells us of a day that is coming when people will follow after their own lust, a day when with their own thinking and with their own reasoning, they will make their decisions. The scripture points out that they will scoff at godly spiritual insights and instead interpret things and events and happenings to satisfy their own carnal lusts and uh, appetites. They will celebrate and even justify great deception, yet they will mock truth. In these days, men will falsely add to, and they will take away from the Word of God, thus committing a very grievous abomination warned against in the scripture. Simply stated tonight, they will rewrite the Bible or scripture or principle to justify their own lust. Our text tonight, written some 2,000 years ago, foretells of an age that would arrive in time. And at its writing, I imagine it seemed a long way down the road. But in times like these, can I tell you tonight that that day is no longer in our approaching future, but we are today experiencing that world that was foretold of in Bible prophecy. The prophets prophesied of it. They foretold of its coming. They even gave us signs to look for for that day. Yet sadly, in times like these, many are living as if there is no end of time as we know it. No end of things, no end of this world, no rapture of the church, no reason to search out the scriptures seeking to be sure of our very own salvation. But conversely, tonight the masses live for the moment. They exist in the here and in the now. They pay no attention to their eternity because they think they have it figured out and all under control. So they do their own thing and they live for themselves, forgetting that Proverbs 14 tells us there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is death. Hear me tonight in this simple message in times like these, spiritual wickedness through the evil that is at work in this hour has overwhelmed so many. It has pressured them into a submission that has crushed their sound thinking. 
And instead of clarity tonight, we have many that live in confusion. And instead of having direction, we have more than our share that live in dysfunction. And because of this, it has result in a world and a people that has been paralyzed by fear. But God has not given us a spirit of fear. Aren't you thankful for that tonight? I'm thankful to know that my God tonight still is not the author of confusion or dysfunction, but he is a God that wants me with a sound mind. He is a God that wants me walking in power and in love and in demonstration of his great spirit. Come on, our God is not the author of what's going on in our world today, but our God is ready to give us strength in this season. And we gain that strength from the Holy Ghost to overcome the assaults of the adversary. I know it's a little slow tonight, but bear with me. That's why it's clear and it's plain tonight in times like these that the Bible instructs us that we must save ourselves from this untoward generation. You chase that word back in its original context. It means crooked, perverse, or wicked. I don't think anyone in this place tonight would disagree that the world system has evolved a generation that are crooked in their ways and they are very perverse in their thinking. Come on, somebody. We live in a wicked and a perverse society today. Yet in times like these, it is up to the people of God to recognize the hour that we live in and refuse to be ignorant of Satan's devices. Come on, tonight, in times like these, we must learn to defeat fear and doubt and wickedness and perversion and hatred and bitterness and backbiting and all of those things that keep us out of the will of God for our lives. Times like these, we must daily be renewed by the word of God that he gives to us. I'm so thankful for his word that I can find solace in in times like these when the newspaper has nothing good to offer, when the news media has nothing good to say. I can turn off the noise and I can go to the word of God and I can be strengthened and I can be encouraged. Aren't you thankful for the word of God? And in times like these, it's more important than ever that we die out to this world. We've got to get back to personal prayer and fellowship with the Lord by getting his word on the inside of us because in times like these, we've got to get our thoughts aligned to his thoughts and we're never going to think like him when all we do is listen to them. Revelation 7 and 14 said, These are they which came out of great tribulation, washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. This is a faith verse, yet it's often misrepresented or misinterpreted. The original text definition for this word, trans tribulation, is 
confused many times with the wrath of God. This is not the wrath of God or what we sometimes refer to as the great tribulation. I know some try to build their theories and some try to build their uh, understanding of end time prophecy by translating it as that. But this is not that word. That word that they use is orge. It means great wrath, anger, or vengeance. But this word here used for tribulation is thalipsis. And it means this. It means affliction. It means anguish. It means distress. It means trouble or pressure. And John wrote to say that we would face the lipsis in this hour. He said you're going to face some tribulation and you're going to face some pressure and you're going to face some stress, some discouragement, some dark days. Have I got where you're living at yet? Sickness, problems, disease, pandemic. Trouble on every side, but thank God tonight that he kept talking. Thank God he didn't close there, but he said these are they that come out of great tribulation. See, some of you have lost your faith because you forgot you can come out of this tonight. Come on, you've changed your address and you've set up permanent residence there, but the scripture lets you know you can't come out. Trouble don't last always. And weeping was only meant for the night. But a new day is on the schedule. Aren't you thankful that the sun is going to shine again? Come on, somebody. We've got to get our faith past what we can see with our natural eyes and trust God that he's going to get us right where he needs us to be. Because in times like these, faith is in fact our most valuable commodity. It's the only thing that will sustain us. It's the only thing that will strengthen us in times like these. Because if we will be those that come out, it will be through great tribulation. So I've come tonight into this house on a Wednesday night to sound an alarm in times like these. We, the people of God, must wake up because the enemy tonight is not asleep and he is working as relentless as he has ever worked because his desire is that we abandon our faith. His desire is that we sound the retreat and end up in defeat. The enemy tonight night is at war, trying to steal our understanding of the hour in which we live because in times like these I'll tell you what the Bible said, anything that can be shaken will be shaken, come on somebody but I still believe I'm a part of a group that's going to come out of great pressure and great distress and great discouragement, I don't care what the world is trying to paint a picture of, I still know who Jesus is tonight. It's talking about pressure in times like these that everyone is up against right now. Pressures that we face like no other generation before us to deny our faith 
And I'm telling you tonight, we may not be facing what some have faced maybe over in other countries with their heads being chopped off if they won't denounce the name of the Lord. But what we face is peer pressure. It's societal norms. It's religious apathy. It's pressure to tolerate and to compromise and to deny the principles of godliness because a watered-down, lukewarm religion has become the Christianity of choice during this hour. But in times like these, come on, we don't need a politically correct religion. We don't need to be everything to everybody. It's not all just mercy and grace and feel-good messages without confronting sin. Come on, I don't want to walk into this place and hear a sounding brass tinkling my ears with something that, that, that has no convicting power in my life, but I want to hear the Word of God that'll challenge me and draw me and pull me out of this world that I live in. Please don't misunderstand me tonight. Don't miss my point in what I'm trying to make. I'm not trying to give glory to the enemy tonight. I thank God for mercy and grace. I'm a product of both of them. That's not my point. I'm not talking tonight about man's philosophy or interpretation. I'm simply trying to point us back to pure and unadulterated biblical truths. I'm preaching tonight in times like these. It seems it's easier than ever for people to turn away from truth. 2 Timothy 4 and 4, my version paraphrase says it like this. They will grow weary of the plain gospel of Christ. Today we clearly see the fulfillment of this scripture they will turn their back on truth. They'll chase dreams. They'll chase mirages. They'll chase fantasies. They'll chase deception, and they take pleasure in it. That's why 2 John 1 and 10 instructs us to abide. Abide in the doctrines and the teachings of Christ and to have no part in deception. And we're living in an hour of great deception. The masses are justifying every kind of lifestyle that can be lived, but it doesn't matter today what everybody is doing. It only matters what this holy word says and has written. Come on, somebody. This thing is still forever settled. People arrogantly proclaim today that they are living their own truth, that they know the difference between right and wrong. But I want to know tonight, do you know the difference between light and spiritual darkness? In times like these, we better be careful of all the voices that are trying to vie for our attention, all of the voices that are trying to get into our ears, so many of them, and they are multiplying by the day shouting for our attention and if we're not careful we'll listen to the wrong voice in this very critical hour and what I'm preaching to you tonight is in times like these like the song said we do in fact need a savior oh come on we've got to take ourselves and separate from this present world Scripture teaches that we are to have no part with this present world. So I wonder, why does it seem to dictate our every move? I hate this statement that I'm about to make, especially with a teenage son. He's not in here tonight. It's over next door. 
and a 10-year-old coming up, that I'm trying my best to get to heaven. I hate this statement. Well, everybody else is doing it. Y'all ever heard that one? Well, Dad, everybody else is watching it. Well, Dad, everybody else is reading it. Well, Dad, everybody else is listening to it. Everybody else is, everybody else is, everybody else is. Everybody else has not changed the mind of God. Hear me tonight. I'd rather be wrong with everybody else as long as I'm right with Jesus. They can call me what they want to, but in times like these, I don't need a social status tonight. I need a savior. I need somebody that can pull me out of the clutches of this dark world. I don't need to acquiesce to what everybody else is doing. I need to hold fast to what Jesus said was important and what matters in times like these. Come on, we need a Savior tonight. His name is Jesus, and he said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never gave into the masses. He never changed his mind to be politically correct or accepted, but as many as will receive him. Remember that scripture? To them, he will give power to become a son of God, to be his son. You've got to become, you've got to come out from among them if you want to be like him. So go ahead if you must and test your future on them, on everybody else. But I think tonight I'm going to rest my hopes on him. Come on, church. Let's don't let it get common to us. We've heard it preached in pulpit for years, warning us against giving in to godlessness. But in times like these, We've got to get more diligent about it than ever. We must wake up and realize that the enemy has his sights set on the church. And in times like these, sadly, he's working at a pace that we abandoned years ago. And I'm preaching to myself tonight. Our urgency has been slowly eroded by our love for this present world. We have more than we've ever had and we just want to enjoy it. Come on, I'm being honest with you tonight. So we sit complacent. We move if we feel like it. There's always next service. There's always next week. There's always going to be next time. Boy, should we take heed to those crazy statements in times like these. How many of you missed the house of God when we couldn't come? How many of you thought I'll never take it for granted again? I'll never say, oh, there's next service there's next week. And the deception and the lies that have been spun by an evil plan is not only deceiving a lost world, but now we in the church are believing them too. And we're buying them as fast as the enemy can sell them to us. In times like these, we better get a grip and come to reality that the junk we are falling for is just a pack of lies and it's a death sentence. It's last day recruitment at maximum strength. It's demonic forces seeking to trap you, striking from every possible side. They're not ashamed about what they use to get you and they are relentless in their pursuit after you. If immorality won't trip you up, then maybe a good storyline with imagination and fantasy will. If drugs is not your 
vice, then maybe a few lewd lyrics will do the trick. If alcohol won't cripple you into submission, then maybe it's pornography. In times like these, we need the word. Romans 8.13 said this, For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Wrong relationships with wrong people invite influences from spiritual darknesses that attack without mercy. People wonder what's wrong with them, why everything is upside down, why everything is crazy, why life seems to be so chaotic, why all the depression, why all the oppression, why the fear, why the doubt. Hear me tonight. If you're living in those things, you need to check your environment. Who are you hanging around with? What is entertaining you? What is happening in your prayer life? Do you have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ? What is the driving force behind your life? How long has it been since you took true inventory of your life and your walk with God? I'm not talking about from a world's perspective. I'm talking about from a biblical perspective. The world has justified it down to a neat little package. You can live any way you want to. You can do anything you want to. You can be anything you want to be. Sin is no longer sin. Hell, in fact, in this world, is just a state of mind. Can you believe that? There is a teaching that hell is not a literal place. It does not exist in reality, just a figurative thought. But Jesus said in red letters that the rich man died, was buried, and lift up his eyes being in torment. It was real fire that was calling him to request Lazarus to come put one drop of water on his tongue. So go ahead and believe that. But in times like these, I think I'll take Jesus at his word. You know what's good? The Bible said all have sinned and come short of the glory. Nobody's immune. Thank the Lord for that. Amen. In times like these, we just all need a Savior. I'm searching for a landing place tonight. Let me say it like this. Sadly, tonight, few are paying attention to the signs of the times and the seasons that Jesus said to watch for. I don't care how many times you've heard it before. Rest assured, Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. I wish we really believed that. But it's true, nonetheless. Jesus is coming soon. Matthew 24 begins with the disciples asking Jesus, how will a person know the signs of your return? Jesus answered, giving them conditions for the hour, and this is what he describes. A dysfunctional world, a world hurting and in disarray, a world worrying and doubtful. Sound familiar? It's the season of the return of Christ, and it's the very hour in which we are living today. In our text tonight, verse 9, Peter said, The Lord is not slack concerning the promise of his return. In other words, he's restraining. He's holding back. He's delaying his return, giving every 
impossible chance for those that need to come on to him to find salvation. We should none to perish. That's grace and mercy to the ultimate. He's given everyone space and time to change. But in the delaying of his return, the delaying of the rapture, the delaying of calling us home, this world becomes frightfully worse and worse and worse. It's times like these. Because he hasn't acted speedily, people think God has lied. They think God's run out of power, is incapable of keeping his promise. And during this time of delay, they are, according to Scripture, waxing worse and worse. They hear messages like this tonight, and they ask, Where is his coming? Heard it all my life, preacher. So people become bored with it, questioning it, and more and more people live as though he will never return because it hasn't happened yet. But I'm telling you tonight, we're living in the right season. And we've got to get our perspective changed. And we've got to get our focus changed. Come on, somebody. If we were to poll our elders tonight, I'm sure most would say with certainty they never thought we would see this day. They would have believed that the church would already be gone, that the Lord would have already taken. And people think tonight that he's not coming back because it hasn't happened. And I'm telling you what's happened is all of hell is roaring with anticipation, howling at the thought of the influx of souls. It's beside itself in anticipation. And you and I are caught in the delay. But hear me tonight, in times like these, don't you think yourself unfortunate. Your time on this earth is now, and it's the greatest hour to be alive. It's not a bad thing to be here right now. In fact, this is, in my opinion, the greatest hour for the church. Now is a time when God is pouring out his power and his might in ways that we've never seen before. Yeah, I hear the dark tales. Yeah, I hear the bad things. But I hear the reports of our missionaries with unprecedented Revival. I hear our evangelists. Uh, they're baptizing more uh, every weekend and people being filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, hear me tonight. God wants his people free and he's pouring out his spirit upon whosoever will. Amen. Our end is going to be greater than our beginning. What a glorious heritage we have, but it's nothing compared to what God has in store for us. So you go ahead and buy that lie that our better days are behind us. But I choose to believe tonight that I'm in the right place for times like these. Stand with me tonight. I feel led to tell you in this place as I was praying, I believe, Pastor, that this church has not seen anything yet to its potential and to what God has for us. I believe tonight with all of my heart that what's getting ready to happen among this group of people is going to blow our mind. It's going to rock this city and it's going to move us to the place that God is ready for us to do. Now unto him who is able 
to do exceeding abundantly above that which you ask or think. This world's imagination tonight is gone off the grid, but above their thinking, beyond their imagination, beyond their fantasy, there's a God that's bigger tonight. Aren't you glad you know him in times like these? Aren't you glad you know who Jesus is in times like these? Come on, we don't have to buy the fear. We don't have to buy the rhetoric. We don't have to buy what they're selling out there. But we've got to get our faith encouraged. We've got to be strengthened and resolved more than ever before. And I'm going to stand on his word. And I'm going to see him do his work. I'm going to see his will come to pass in my life. Come on, he's given us a little more time to work on that neighbor. He's given us a little bit more time to work on the co-worker and the lost family member. Come on, he's delayed, but that's a good thing for us because it's just opening up the opportunity for more to come in in times like these. Tonight, I want you to leave encouraged. Tonight, I want you to leave strengthened. Tonight, I want you to leave knowing that we might not understand all that's happening around us in our world, but in times like these, rest assured, nothing surprised God when he got up this morning. In fact, he didn't get up because he never goes to sleep. It's all in his hand, and it's all in his plan, and it's all in his will. Would you thank him for that tonight? Would you thank him that you understand tonight that he's got all this in the palm of his hand?